Hey listeners, Tim Winkler here, your host of The Pair Program. We've got exciting news, introducing our latest partner series, Beyond the Program. In these special episodes, we're passing the mic to some of our savvy former guests who are returning as guest hosts. Get ready for unfiltered conversations, exclusive insights, and unexpected twists as our alumni pair up with their chosen guest. Each guest host is a trailblazing expert in a unique technical field. Think data, product management, and engineering, all with a keen focus on startups and career growth. Look out for these bonus episodes dropping every other week, bridging the gaps between our traditional pair program episodes. So buckle up and get ready to venture beyond the program. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Becca, and this is How I Got Hired. How I Got Hired is a series of interviews where product managers share how they landed great product roles, from PMs who made a career pivot into tech to those with more formal training. How I Got Hired captures the various ways to open doors into the world of product. We'll be talking about each guest's recipe for success, what motivated them to get into product, how they prepared for the interview, and what they did to set themselves apart. For Today, my conversation with Brian, I have the pleasure of being able to talk about the other side of the table uh, as the person that hired him. So um, just for a little bit of background on me, uh, your host, my name is Becca Moran. Um, I am currently the VP of Product and Engagement at Procurated, which is a rating and review site for the public sector. Probably get into that a little bit more uh, in a minute, but um, my guest today is Brian Postenick, who uh, I had the pleasure of working with over the last few years at Procurated, and uh, we hired Brian from Angie, aka Angie's List, um, and that's the story we'll be talking about today. So um, before we get into things, just to uh, kick it off and, and break the ice a little bit, I thought it would be fun for us to play a little bit of uh, two truths and a lie. So, Brian, did you prepare your truths and lies? I did. uh, I did. And thank you for for having me here, Becca. Um, Long time listener. uh, First first time uh, joining. First time calling in. Um, Yes, I did prepare and I I had to think about, you know, I have a theme uh, to my my two truths and a lie. You know, I I, I I put some effort into this one. Okay. Um, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Sure. Sure. I'll go first. Um, so, uh, two truths and a lie. Uh, so one of these, one of these is a lie, but the theme, uh, I, I figured, you know, uh, true crime podcasts are all the rage these days. And so I figured Whoa. I would talk about <laughs> list out your crimes, <laughs> list out, list out, confess to crimes, uh, on the air today. Uh, confess to, uh, you know, things that are not um, like, uh, like illegal, I guess, like things that you would you would get in trouble for doing. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, in particular. Uh, so they're all they're all, uh, you know, crime adjacent, if not actual crimes. Um, uh, but when I was in high school, so surely the statute of limitations, no one's yeah, uh, yeah, come after for these. Um, so uh, number one, uh, I broke into my crush's locker to fill it with candy for Valentine's Day. Number two, 
Uh, I snuck myself and my friends into a Batman movie in IMAX in New York City. And number three, I went out to the guidance counselor's computer and changed someone else's schedule. Ooh. I feel like all of those sound like the plot of like a classic teen movie or like yeah. scenes in a classic teen movie. I mean, I, I was a teen, so you know, I was just living out what I saw on television and in the movies. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that filling your crush's locker with candy is a lie. Uh, you're correct. I have yes. not broken into anyone's <laughs> locker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't uh cross that that line which I think is actually um the most illegal one of them <laughs> uh, if I were to to put my finger on it um I did who's, sneak my whose schedule did you change and why um so uh my wife's uh oh, yeah. there's a there's a whole even in my wedding vows uh I talk about this I say I say like I committed a minor cyber crime by <laughs> by by changing Your her early schedule days of hacking yeah uh it's uh yeah what what happened was uh the guidance counselor had left the room as she tells the story was like i just went on the computer i you know he might give me permission i might have <laughs> just gone on there who's to really tell at this point because yeah. he doesn't work at the school anymore uh so uh yeah i changed her schedule um because she needed to she wanted to take drama again and uh, she needed to also like take some other classes. And so like I rearranged her schedule. And uh, funny enough, my wife is a, 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 a professor of social psychology. Uh, I put her in AP psychology, um, which uh, so you changed I changed the course of her life. <laughs> I did. I think she didn't have any business being in that class. Like, yeah, uh, like, you know, she didn't take like a, a prereq or something that maybe some people took. I was just like, yeah, I'll put you in here. I put her in AP biology. Um, and we actually, you know, we we both ended up taking that drama class together. Um, she was in the room. Like, it's, so also, I, I should that. clarify that. She was in the room when I changed okay. the schedule. It wasn't just like, <laughs> I like this girl. You I'm going to change her schedule. <laughs> yeah. No, like, it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was all there. That's amazing. Um, I'm also impressed that, like, in my mind, this, the software that you would use to schedule high school classes, like, doesn't naturally right. sound very user friendly so i'm kind of yeah. but like you could just jump on there and be like doo, 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 like yeah that. that's a good point you know katie and i don't talk much about like what did that interface look like that just made this so easy for me to just go and do but i yeah. guess it must have just been like you know drop down pick a class <laughs> make sure there's room kudos uh, to the uh the product person that built whatever software that is <laughs> that's right yeah yeah so that's um, uh that's that's me amazing all right. I also had a theme, not a crime theme, but maybe I'll keep that in mind for uh, future <laughs> episodes. Um, okay. So mine is all kind of medical mm. <laughs> issue related. I don't yeah. know. Without getting too personal. I mean, that's also, um, that's also a popular theme, like, you know, right. uh, med medical mysteries. My strange ailment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these are not mysterious, though, I will say. Um, okay, so number one, uh, in high school, I was sleepwalking and fell from a loft and broke my collarbone. Number two, I was born tongue-tied. Or number three, I recently ended up in the ER uh, after a failed attempt at being 
the top of a cheerleading pyramid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, you didn't ask me any clarifying questions, but like, I'm like, how recent was this <laughs> uh, that, that you tried that? Um, I'm going to say that uh, you were not born with a tongue tie. Ooh, that would be wrong. Ah, was it? Do you want to second guess? <laughs> do I want to be wrong twice? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to guess uh, the cheerleading one. Now you felt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, the, uh, the cheerleading one was recently, it was Easter of this year. Um, my uh, cousins are to blame for their lack yeah. of strength and ability. My lack that, of yeah. balance and grace and <laughs> sobriety probably <laughs> was a factor. But um, no, that's a real story. Um, yeah. I have the ER bill to prove it. Oh, I'm sure. um, <laughs> I was also born tongue-tied and I uh, had, I could talk totally fine, but like weirdly in middle school, I decided that I absolutely must have the surgery to like correct it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, Which I'm is, like, it, you know, I thought maybe I would hear it or something when you talked that right. like some evidence. Well, and that was the yeah. thing, like as a kid, my parents were like, well, we'll see if she can talk right or I not. Be and, fine without you know, it, yeah. and then I was fine. And then I was like, no, I can't be different. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I need to correct this. Yeah, anyway. Um, but no, I did not sleepwalk and fall and break my collarbone. Huh. I have actually, even despite the cheerleading incident, never broken a bone. Rock on oh, wood. Wow. Um, but that is a real story. My friend in high school did do that. So wow. Still you know, I think I think you really played on what I knew about you. Uh and uh what I didn't know, because I didn't know that you never broke a bone. Mm -hmm. um but i did know uh like sleeping was was a medical concern for you yeah, so thought of that. Thought of that. <laughs> so good i that's played good. you, you played, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done well done um well i um i would have tried to think of a, a good segue into our, our hiring <laughs> story but who, who really the audience decides if it's a good segue it's not up to us so thank you and and you're the the segue king so i you know, I, I wouldn't I want to insult you but yeah, with trying. good segues yeah right. yeah yeah but um we can uh we can get into a little bit of the story of uh how we met and yeah. your unique journey into um the product role at Procurated and, and mm -hmm. all that. So I guess maybe as a good place to start for our listeners um, would be if you could talk a little bit about kind of rewinding two and a half, almost three years ago, kind of mm -hmm. where were you, what was going on uh, in your life at the time in terms of your <laughs> You can go broad, but maybe specifically in terms of your your role at at Angie and um, kind of what paint us the the scene leading up to uh, your interview at Procurated. Cool. Yeah. So uh, leading up to interviewing at Procurated, um, so for context, I think it was either the very end of October or it was the very beginning of November, twenty twenty when uh when i got the the linkedin message from anessa um okay. the recruiter y'all were working with so shout out to anessa um uh, just call them out as i see them 
but at the time uh, I was working at Angie's List. Um, I was the I was a product manager. I was responsible for um, the service provider mobile app. Um, and there we were, uh, I was starting to get a little bit of traction for some stuff we wanted to do there. I'd like just put together a presentation around, um, uh, some advancements I wanted to make in it and starting to get some, some buy-in for that. And also at the same time, we had just started pivoting internally for, um, the rebranding, um, from Angie's list to Angie. Um, had you, what was the status of the home advisor? merger acquisition or oh yeah the the home advisor merger started like a month after i joined in 2017 uh so uh so that was like may june of 2017 when the merger happened um by now we were well merged um you know still some things here and there that that didn't quite get coupled yet and still some things that were completely distinct and owned by their team versus ours um but this was we had known for a little bit that uh, that the uh, rebranding was going to happen, and we were starting to move everything in the direction of, you know, we had like a hard deadline for when the the rebrand was going to happen. So we we're starting to organize um, everyone in that direction. I was working on um, some payments feature, I think, some payments, some billing and invoicing as well within the the Pro Mobile app. Uh, so I was working on all those things. Um, and I wasn't really looking, honestly. Um, you know, I had uh, I had thought that I was going to stay on for a little bit, see how the the rebrand goes. Um, but then I got this uh, this message from Anessa, and you know, uh, I guess the other things to paint the picture at the time is we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I was living in Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so just imagine me in a in a two bedroom apartment in Dublin, Ohio, uh, sitting at my computer, and then LinkedIn message comes along. Um, and I was really excited because, uh, you know, <laughs> I love it when people reach out to me uh, and, are, and are interested in me. So there's this vanity. Notice me. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like when I'm not even doing anything, they just yeah. like say, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, would you like this job? Uh, but uh, that and, and, you know, I remember distinctly, you know, Anessa in the message described, you know, some of the some of the impact and the mission of Procurate. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting, you know. I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, but you know, I'll, I'll take a crack at it and and see um, see where it goes. Yeah, well, I'll give a little bit of the perspective, kind of from the other side of things, um, to share with folks, kind of where we were at that point. So, um, when I joined Procurated, um, employee number one, um, I was doing a little bit of everything as. Um, tends to happen at that stage and um for a while was kind of the the person doing the all of the day-to-day product work and um at this point we had kind of grown to a size where it just was not feasible for me to be doing all of that in addition to other things and um our engineering team had grown i think we were I guess we hired a, a few engineers like right started like the same time as you. Um, so we had a team of yes. five folks. Yeah. It was five when um, I joined. So, you know, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with, uh, with five engineers. So, um, you know, we were really thinking about in an ideal world, finding somebody that had worked 
for a ratings and review platform, even though, you know, we're focused on the public sector, very different than, um, you know, the, the space that Angie's list is, is focused on, but tons and tons of parallels. And, Mm -hmm. um, we can talk about this more in a bit, but I think that's certainly one of the reasons that you were able to hit the ground running. Um, so yeah, I think when Anessa found you, it was like, this is a a great profile of, of someone with a really relevant experience. So, um, I also want to just rewind maybe one step further. Um, uh, I think the, where you were in terms of Angie's list is relevant. Um, but I also think you have kind of a cool path in terms of like what you studied and, um, some of your like initial startup work that you did. So, um, do you want to talk about that for a minute too? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, uh, my background background, if you rewind like 10 plus years ago, uh, is uh you know I, I had an engineering undergraduate degree with a minor in theater it still says on my resume a minor in theater because i it was almost a double major uh, uh yeah. but we've heard it started in high school drama class yeah right yeah it started with high school drama <laughs> class and i did some more theater in college um so that's that's a whole another story about different career paths i think i could have gone down um, actual. could have been an actor i think uh, honestly i thought i was going to be like a playwright um, I really enjoyed the playwriting professor I had in college. That for you. <laughs> uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, so I did that, and then I I uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I found uh, Lehigh was doing this program. Uh, the first class of it, they were doing something called a Master's of Engineering and Technical Entrepreneurship. Applied, got in, um, and the the so it was the first class of this, and uh, it was pretty much combining uh, how to start a startup. You know, going through, you know, understanding business financials, understanding like what it means to raise money, like pitching our ideas, actually working on ideas that we had. And then, um, you know, the product development um, of it all, too. So under like prototyping and getting feedback and um, you know, doing user interviews, uh, you know, all the way up to as far as you could bring it in one year, mm-hmm. um, you know, while doing coursework that aligns with this, but also learning things at the same time. So really, you know, you could think of it as like an a, an accelerator or incubator for this type of thing, but you yeah. also get a professional degree out of it. Um, and you know, I worked on my own idea, and then I was like, "Oh, that's never going to work," or <laughs> slash, I don't want to do it. Um, it was to live stream theater, um, and of course, I had a funny name for it called the Not Theater Theater Company because I'm like, <laughs> it's not the same thing. So anyway, uh, and then I worked on a friend's project as well. Uh, and uh, for, so that's that's how I got, you know, a lot of like uh, product development excitement and learning about, you know, the world, I think, set me up for some success later on having a good foundation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, from there, I got and uh, uh, I worked at a Series B startup in New York um, and they were making marketing technology products. And uh, and I learned a lot <laughs> on the ground there and, uh, you know, fell on my face a lot there um you know le- learning about you know APIs and you know campaign builders working with developers mm-hmm. uh working with designers cuz i had, like you didn't do any of that in the masters program like you didn't yeah, learn yeah, about yeah. software development it was mainly a hardware focused school mm-hmm. uh so you know just a lot of learning on that job and learn learning it very difficultly uh if that's a word <laughs> uh 
uh, because I also, my, my then girlfriend, now wife moved to Indiana for her, for her schooling. And so I was actually, um, commuting back and forth, uh, staying a few weeks in New Jersey at a time to, to go work in New York and then working remote from Indiana. Otherwise, that's a, that's a long answer about my, yeah, that's a long answer about like how I got started kind of, um, I got started with an internship actually. It's super interesting kind of what you said about, uh, the kind of learn by fire and like in comparison to what you learned in the course, right? Like I think a course can be a really incredible way to learn all of the like best practices or whatever, like here's what you should do. I think when you actually are in a role, a lot of that stuff kind of goes out the window and you're like, uh, okay, well, like what, what do I, I'm encountering countless scenarios that, Mm -hmm. you know, a a class would never teach me um and I do think that there's a lot of it that's just kind of fumbling through it at first um I know my experience with that so I started before I moved into product I was a technical project manager at Politico and um before that I was in sales and when I moved over from sales to tech like I just remember sitting in so many meetings with our engineers just being like I have yeah. no idea what anyone is talking about. Like I couldn't even grasp <laughs> like anything. I was just like, this is gibberish to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely took a while to spend a lot of Googling and a lot of just asking questions to uh, be able to start piecing it together. But um, yeah, that's, you know, everybody has to start somewhere and it yeah. can be a very humbling experience when you realize that, a lot of it is just learning by doing and making a lot of mistakes and oh yeah you know i mean just like, saying okay i don't not sure what else to do but i won't do that again <laughs> <laughs> right and like i feel like you know the, the yeah i have that background in in the degree and then you know you read like kagan's books mm-hmm. um to try to like understand like here's how it should work and it's like well okay still again all these things are like best practices you know right. the 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 reality of the world is tugging you towards uh chaos or you know the the least amount of friction to get something done (laughs) um or power you know uh power dynamics within organization uh you know but it's good to know those things like it's good to know like here here's a version of the world that's idealistic (laughs) Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. maybe possible under the right circumstances um and if you agree with it just start you know tugging yourself and the processes towards that um as as much as you can um and then adjusting of course for your for your various cultures um but it's good to know because then you can Mm -hmm. once you know like kind of like best practices you can then be creative on top of it about what what works for you i'll say that's definitely something that appealed to me about joining a very early stage startup like i said employee number one i was like "Ooh, this is cool like i i can create this, um, product culture. Um, and, um, so that was very interesting to me where you're, you're not kind of coming into, uh, something that's already established and, and lamenting the, you know, like, Oh, you know, it should be done this way, not that way. whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and of course, like you realize that, you know, even with a clean slate, it's very hard to kind of model things after the, the best practice for lots of different reasons, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was definitely something that appealed to me, but 
anyway, let's see. Back to our story. So we've we've got some good context on uh, where you were, what was going on in your head. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, you know what you remember about kind of the the interview process and preparing for it. Um, if you can share just some thoughts on like what are some of the things that you remember doing in preparation for the interviews that we did with you? What are some things that kind of stand out to you as, as maybe things that helped you in that process? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like preparation, um, I'll admit I probably didn't do very much, uh, because, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like that, I guess. We're like, you know, like for the first one, I'm just like, I'm just gonna go hear what we're going to talk about, feel it out, see what's going on. Um, I don't even remember who the first person I talked to was. I might've done a phone screening with Anessa. Um, okay. and then I talked to you probably cause that would seem like a logical order of events. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you know, and got progressively more excited. I think it, I talked to you. Um, I, I distinctly remember, uh, like <laughs> I, I feel like I distinctly remember as I went on the interview process, I dressed nicer and nicer. Um, <laughs> I was just like wearing like, you know, like a sweatshirt for like the first one. And then the next one's like a, like a It's hard to know, right? Like a, sometimes the, the startup vibe is super casual. Right. Sometimes it's not. I, 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 mean. I, I think I just wanted the job more and more as I like started talking to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really like these folks. You come in like the final interview with like a tuxedo on. <laughs> That's <laughs> I right. I really, really <laughs> want this. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, but yeah, no, I remember... Uh, you know, I had a great conversation with you. I think then I talked to um, George and Jacqueline um, as my my next round. Our UX designer and one of our engineers. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I did the final round. Um, yeah, because that was the first time I met, I met Jess. Um, and so I did the final round with you. David was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess was there. And then I, in my notes, it says Jenna's here too. Um, That's possible. It's possible. <laughs> like I have my card about, about it. And you know, the, what it says next to Jess's name is operations, question mark, question mark. Like, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know who's in the audience. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but for that, you know, so like, I didn't, I didn't prepare much for the first few interviews. I uh, talked about my story um, for the, the final round. I had the presentation to do. Um, and that was a presentation around, I want to say like virality and like how mm-hmm. to make the product more viral. Yep. And, you know, to pre- that one I, I had to prepare for, of course. Yes, but, that's why uh, we were really focused on the love as a product uh, yeah. kind of like theme, uh, which yeah. was this idea that, um, yeah, I, I guess it was like thinking about really how do we kind of make our product go viral how do we make people love it so much that they can't help but tell other people or whatever mm-hmm. um i'm kind of laughing as i say this because <laughs> like um i'm uh, full disclosure i'm not sure we figured that out but yeah. that's and that's probably in some shape or form the goal of uh any product team but mm-hmm. um it, you know i it but i guess maybe to give us a little bit more credit like it is a, a very um important potential strategy for as like a growth mechanism especially mm-hmm. in like marketplace businesses oh, yeah. um so you know it was relevant is relevant yeah. but yeah um how did you like think about you know i feel like those challenges even you know as someone who creates them i'm always like 
is this fair? Like, it's really hard as the hiring manager to like remove yourself from the business and Mm -hmm. think about like, what's a fair prompt to, to ask someone that reasonably like shouldn't have much depth of understanding of like what our business is and what our product does. So like um, either in relation to the the specific prompt that you worked on for us, or just how you think about this in general, like how do you overcome that? Yeah, I think that uh, it's tough. I think that I don't recall the prompt being particularly like difficult to grasp what was going on at Brooke, like, or at least what you wanted from me, right? Like there's mm-hmm. assumptions I'm going to make. I have this whole like brain yeah. dump document that I'm looking at that I dug up because I'm like, I wonder what I used to think or how I did prepare for this. And like, I did brain dump and I built a presentation on top of it. Um, but I think that, uh, I think, yeah, it's a balance because you don't want to like put, you know, a lot of, you want it to be easy enough for the person who's uh, interviewing in order to grasp whatever's going on. Um, I also struggle a little bit with, um, you know, there's, there's talk, the there's talk about, you know, uh, like the prompts being a form of like free consulting um, on the behalf mm-hmm. of the interviewees. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, you know, if, if I were to take another crack at, like, you know, I did one for the designer we we hired and it was similar, like, you know, thinking about, um, you know, what is going to be meaningful that has good context for our business so they can get excited about what we're working on. Like, there's that, like, balance because right. um, you want them to, like, kind of start to understand here's the business. Um, you know, when we say Yelp for government, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or some of the underlying things you're going to have to think about, but you also don't want to you know, them to feel like, oh, I'm just giving them my ideas for free. Yeah. Uh, they may or may not hire me. Um, so I think it's just about like being really thoughtful about it. And I think there's ways that you can look at um, other other companies and just leverage their company as like what you would do here. Like if mm-hmm. it were, you know, you know, it could have been a prompt around like Yelp and how to make Yelp's viral coefficient um, higher right. or something. Um, so that you can, an analogous business, but a totally different yeah. set of circumstances. I um, like that kind of to, translating it to, to something you do know, um, which I, yeah. I think is a really great way to then be able to demonstrate like how you think about something, right? Because I think that's the thing in a lot of these situations and in interviews, um, people say that about like kind of the case study type questions, you know, how many mm-hmm windows are there and uh, uh, buildings in Manhattan or whatever, right? Like it's not really about getting the right answer. It's just showing right. like, okay, are, are you thoughtful and logical in the way that you mm-hmm. work through the question and, and, you know, how does that provide some insight into, to how do you think? So mm-hmm. I think to your point, if you can find something analogous to the the business and then relate to it that way. That's a really good strategy. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, looking back, is there anything you wish you knew about the company or the role that, um, I don't know, like would have helped you in the process or like that you just feel like maybe you should have known going in that you didn't know, like it's yeah. Reflecting Uh, back, any thoughts on that? Uh, I will say, um, don't be like me and not research the company before you go interview for like, 
no we what still got the job so <laughs> I, I still got the job yeah there's like i loved working at procreated so like you know don't don't uh uh there's like the the pro con here like i'm not saying like research it because i you know i got into something terrible <laughs> and you will too ran the other way. <laughs> uh, yeah uh no, i lucked out like all things all things here i was very fortunate and lucky to to work with y'all and and have a lot of fun doing it and uh and build some cool stuff uh but i would say do i'm in the interviewing process now and i'm you know doing my research on these companies as i you know start to hear back from them and um start to get farther in uh, it takes time of course which yeah. is the takes time and effort um and you kind of just want to you know go through the interviewing process what but, are some tips on like that research like yeah. i remember <laughs> I remember like when I first graduated from college and was interviewing and trying to get a job, I, you know, at that age, you just like, don't know anything. I remember like going through company websites and like trying to memorize, like, I don't know who was on their board of directors yeah. and like, just like all of this stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't know what they're going to ask me. I don't know what right. they care about. Um, like, what are some things that you really try to focus in on when you're researching a company that actually are helpful and important in the interview process. Yeah, I think what's what's uh when I'm researching the company, not talking with them because there's so many things you pick up on when you talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at Glassdoor comparably blind, teamblind.com, um, mm-hmm. seeing what what's written on the internet about them, looking at their a lot of places have great careers pages now. Yeah. Um, that tell you about their culture. Um and then uh, to like understand what they're building, like going on the website, if, if there's a free version of their tool to download or get into, yes. that's always good. Um, what I what I found um, when when there's nothing, when it's like, I don't really understand what this is, but I'm excited about their mission and what it sounds like. Um, honestly, podcasts and YouTube videos these days, mm-hmm. um, I sound like such an old man. Uh, like, look at these fancy ways of finding out information, the the YouTube and the Have podcast. Have you heard of YouTube, this yeah. new site? <laughs> SoundCloud hosts audio files. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you, so I was doing research on one, on a, a Series A startup, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know, um, I kind of get what's going on here, like, but, but I really like to prep for the recruiter interview. And so I listened to like an hour long podcast with the founders. Um, that they were on, uh, they were guest guest um, participants on a podcast talking about their company and what they did. And I was like, okay, like I get it now. I understand how you make money. I understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps to uh, put it in context. So anything where you can find like high level employees um, mm-hmm. from those companies on some type of media, I think really helps you like yeah. hear it out loud and how they describe it in order to yeah. contextualize it. I think that's a great point. I have honestly been shocked, not just for product role. I mean, I think to me, it's like table stakes for a product role, like use the product, to like, right? Yeah. Um, you know, play around with it as much as you can um, going into the interview, but really for any role, like, so procurated is you have to um, log in to be able to access mm-hmm. the vast majority of the functionality. and. Um, I'm always surprised when people we interview don't ask us for access. Um, because like, how do you, I, I'm not sure you, how you really, like, I don't think we have a ton of great information out there about like what our platform actually is. Uh, we're getting right. better. Um, yeah. but like, I 
I think it would be very hard to grasp if you didn't get a login and actually poke around right. and, and use it. I mean, uh, I didn't have a login. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like part of, you know, you asked me like, what did I know or like about the company? I didn't, I, I remember trying to explain to my, my, I was at Angie's list telling my manager where I was going. I'm like, it's, it's like this thing for this thing. I'm like, I like kind of understand what I'm going to go work on. Yeah. Again, super fortunate what I, what I lucked into, but I just remember being like, very excited about it felt very good about it was 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 doing it on almost like faith alone yeah um uh but yeah becca i didn't know that much about what i was getting into like like you've heard it now i don't know that i've told you that before that i i started and i was like what is this thing um you know it's a yelp for government if i even remembered <laughs> that's what we, we had talked about yeah um but yes i agree like i think that now you could like with the public profiles and everything like you'd have a yeah, much better a sense of, more. of what's going on there's enough yeah. out there you know you have the podcast series too i don't know that you know on uh decisions that matter there's too much talk about exactly what procurated does or what it is but yeah there's art there's like you know fundraising articles and stuff there's enough that you can like i think today you'd be able to piece enough together from mm -hmm. a few especially if you look up david like David's right. out there talking about procurated all the time. Right. Um, yeah. And you can kind of piece together, I think, what's important to the business by yeah. what they're posting about on social yeah. media or, or whatever. So I think that's, that's a good point. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess um, the kind of, Closing out the the story um, of how you got hired at Procurated and uh, it would maybe be just to talk a little bit about after you got hired, kind of what your your journey was. And um, uh, yeah, if you could share a little bit about um, like what your responsibilities were and maybe how some mm -hmm. of that changed over time during the role. Yeah. So after I got hired, uh... Uh, you all had a great onboarding process. Like there was a whole Asana project I was given to go uh, read and watch videos for stuff and try to understand the world of procurement. Um, <laughs> like I watched some, I was like, ah, I kind of get it. Uh, like, let's keep moving forward. Like I'm going to learn best by just doing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I remember, you know, I had that onboarding project. I did a few of the things that I was like, give me things to do. <laughs> like, like, let's go, let's start hitting the ground running. Yeah. Um, you did. And so, and I did, I was like, I was like, you know, no time to waste. Like, let's, let me get into the processes. Let me start taking on things. Um, and, you know, I just did more and more as, as time went on. Um, you know, my responsibilities when I started were, you know, I was a senior product manager, you know, mostly responsible for the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, probably waited on a few strat strategic things here and there. But, um, as time went on, you know, as, as, uh, after my parental leave, um, in particular, because, okay. you know, I just disappeared for three months. Uh, <laughs> like, bye. With, yeah. Gotta, gotta go. Uh, after that, you know, it just started increasing, um, my role. Like I worked on some, some big strategic ticket items, as you might remember, um, did a lot of user interviews for, for strategic in initiative around our yeah. series A round, um, worked on, um, you know, some big projects. I managed a few folks while I was there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was just increasing responsibility and increasing um, scope and purview. I think when I started, 
you know, I, was, I worked on some stuff for the reviews and converting. You know, we were using Mandrill to send them. We moved everything to HubSpot. We optimized the review form since we had like a few different versions of it. Um, and then, you know, towards as I got later on, you know, just working on, you know, both sides of the marketplace and thinking about, you know, what's going to move the needle for sales, what's going to move the needle for the government side, um, you know, what internal tools do we need, kind of like taking on the whole picture mm-hmm. um, as, as group product manager. Yeah, it's awesome. What advice do you have for people in product roles that are looking to advance in the same way? Like, are there any things that you feel like experiences that you've had or skills that you've built that have been particularly helpful in your ability to advance? Yeah. I think that for advancing, uh, I think in general, like an attitude towards like, like being like, let me help you with that thing. Like really being, um, someone who, you know, you see someone who needs help or someone who's working on something and just putting yourself out there to say, you know, Hey, can I help with that? You know, can I plug in? And that really helps you grow and learn about more parts of the business or other areas of the product, um, takes things off of people's plates and, you know, that builds goodwill with folks. Um, so it's a little bit relation relationship building as well. And that helps your career, right? Like, you know, you've learned more, you've helped out with things, you've, you've, um, you've got a good reputation within the company for being someone who, who um, is helpful and knows their product stuff. And you, you know, a lot more and, and are willing and are good at it, right? Like you, ac- you actually mm-hmm. fall through and everything you volunteer for. Right. Um, so I, I do think that, that, that go-getter attitude can really help you in your career um, and not just being like, it's not my problem. We're just staying in right. your lane and not willing to contribute or help with anyone else's stuff. Yeah. Um, I think as far as skills, uh, you know, it really depends on the type of company you're going to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good generalist. Um, so I've picked up, you know, lots of things over time, whether it be user interviewing or data analysis or, you know, how to just keep the, the pipeline good for, for engineering. Um, I feel like I learn a lot by doing. And so just go mm-hmm. by doing, repping the muscles, figuring out where you could improve, getting feedback from folks about where you can improve. Um, and then, you know, you learn about where your weaker spots are and do you want to invest more in there and become stronger at those things um, or not? And then, you know, tailor your career accordingly to go work for companies that value more, you know, people who can pull all their own SQL and don't really need a data and data analyst. Like there's companies that are looking for PMs like that. Um, or, you know, I worked at Procurate. We didn't have any UX researchers, so it was on you to go do it. And I love doing that. And so you know, I got to build more skills doing that. I brought in skills I had. Um, so you kind of follow, you know, listen to yourself, listen to what's going on around you and what's going on in the market um, and kind of like follow, follow the rabbit. Yeah. I agree. And I think that, you know, product roles are such interdisciplinary roles that, you know, like you said, they're this idea of staying in your swim lane. Like, I'm not sure product has a swim lane. Like you kind of got the whole pool, (laughs) you know? So, um, you know, I think anywhere where you see a way that you can be helping the business achieve its goals, like 
to me, I'm always like, yeah, that's in scope for my role. I think that's a, a mentality um, that I know has benefited me throughout my career. And I think product roles lend themselves really well to that um, because you do naturally just have exposure to lots of different parts of the business and lots of different functions. And, um, and then to your point, because product roles can be so different organization to organization, you know, if you dabble a little bit and explore and realize you like one element of what you've been doing more than other things, then yeah, there's a role out there where that, that thing that you like is a big part of the role. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I feel very fortunate to have kind of landed in a career in product because I do think it just gives you so much optionality. Um, it's fun for people who are, you know, curious and like to keep learning and explore new things. Um, it's a really fun and interesting career path for sure. Um, well, I think we're kind of transitioning to wrapping up our time here. Is there any other, um, topic that we didn't touch on um or anything you want to double back to um to elaborate on a little bit more before we move into our little wrap up rapid fire questions <laughs> um you know I, I will uh i will say i think that um i don't think it was emphasized as much in talking about getting hired is it it really didn't um not that it didn't matter for procurated, but I didn't need to leverage it for procurated. Uh, for my first job, for Angie's List, for this next job, I really believe in the power of asking for help and for mm. leveraging your network. Yeah, um, I think it's it's a huge part of of getting hired, especially in this market. Um, uh, it's very helpful in your career just to ask for help, and and you know it it doesn't make you look weak to ask for help, um, ask for help in the right way, you know, shows that you're willing to learn and that, um, you're willing to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. you're looking to get better. Um, so I would emphasize the importance of doing all that. Um, and in context of getting hired, uh, for my first job, uh, the one based in New York, um, I got, (laughs) I had applied for a business development representative position. Um, and I was like, Oh, it sounds, yeah, I I sound like such a dummy on this podcast where I'm like, I didn't know what I was going to do at Procurator. Uh, you know, but my first job was going to be either. uh, I was like, Oh, like I did have to make cold calls. And I was like, Oh, I didn't understand that from the interview process. Yeah. I, I applied for this job and I was like, Oh, it sounds like you get to work with a bunch of different companies. How cool is that? Like, you know. And I talked with the recruiter and he's like, like by the time I got, had gotten there, like I applied in like March, I heard back in like June from the recruiter. And he was like, I, why are you applying for a sales role? You have like this engineering degree. Uh, I'm like, well, yeah, now I'd like to get into product. Um, and he's like, you know, we have an intern who isn't quite working out. Um, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's see if um, I can get you in for the role. And, you know, yeah. maybe they'll, they'll host two interns here. And, you know, I followed up with him, you know, I was, I asked for help, you know, you know, getting, after I got in the internship, I asked for his help on how to become a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really leveraged uh, the power of someone willing to help me in, in my early career. Yeah. And then at, um, at getting a job at Angie's List, 
similarly, like, you know, I had applied, didn't hear anything back. I, you know, LinkedIn messaged or maybe even emailed like the VP of HR. I was like, hey, look, I think it'd be a good fit for this role. Um, you know, and then they're like, yeah, you would be like, you know, I got set with a call for a recruiter and then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I think there really is power to, you know, the, the hustle, the asking for help, the leveraging your network um, in, in, you know, getting your job, but also in, in working in product. I think that's a really great point and something that like, yeah, from seeing that as a hiring manager, like automatically you get points for like showing hustle and initiative to, um, to get an interview. I think that just like, I don't know, there's part of it that is just kind of like common sense that like, as the person hiring, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm flattered that you're so interested and you're pursuing Mm -hmm. this, like, that, that means a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think you're really smart about the way that you leverage your network. And, um, you know, I've, I've experienced, I think, a similar thing in a different context where like, when I came to work at Procurated, one of my concerns was like, oh my gosh, as the first person here, like, I'm not going to have, like, when I don't know what to do, I'm not going to have someone ask. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember who actually kind of gave me this perspective, but they were like, you, you have a whole network of people. You you don't just have your immediate company to turn to. And, you know, looking back on the last few years, I think of all of the random people that I've reached out to, some of which like, I've reached out to people like, oh yeah, that person like sold me software like three mm-hmm. days ago. At, but like they're connected to someone I want to talk. Like, all you have to do is ask. And right. I'm like consistently surprised by how generous people are with their mm-hmm. time. And you know, part of it is like earning that, right? Like I'm not running around being a jerk to people and then yeah, right. you help me, right? Like be nice, be a good person. Um, but yeah, like that stuff does go a long way and people Mm -hmm. are even very busy senior people I have found are oftentimes willing to help if you just ask. So, um, I think that's really great advice and, um, definitely appreciate your perspective on that and love to see the hustle. So, yeah. Um, all right. Are you ready for the rapid fire? I am ready for the rapid fire. I would like to be fired at rapidly now. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. me nervous. So <laughs> well, now I expect like, it to be very to talk. <laughs> yeah, I expect it to be very rapid. Okay. Um, first question: Could a friend or close family member accurately describe what you do? Uh, today, uh, yes, because I'm interviewing uh, okay. and I'm unemployed. <laughs> uh, but no, at, gen- you're at Procurated. <laughs> I said, "Hey, Brian's mom. What does Brian no. do?" Uh, no. Uh, you know, a lot of the time, <laughs> no, you know, I, a lot of the time you know, I still get family members miss, miss saying I'm a project manager yes. and I'm like, Oh, I'm not a project manager. Uh, you know, I'm a product manager and I get, I'm sure there's many product people who also get a little bit, uh, grumpy about, uh, the J and, sure. and D swap. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I've been trying to describe it for years to, you know, like like my wife or to my parents and 
you know, they get like the gist and it's like, you have to remember what I do. I should really simplify yeah. it to like, I just, I just work with people. Like, <laughs> I, I get things done every now and then. I'm a people like, person. <laughs> I'm a people person. That's most, yeah. most of my job is just talking. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, there's a challenge of explaining what the company does, which I find is like oh, yeah. hurdle number one. And then when people are like, but like, what do you personally you do? do? I'm like, yeah. it's really I do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm both everything and nothing at the same yeah. time. Like, a little <laughs> omnis- <or> fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little uh, omnipotent. Yeah. Uh, just all, is that one the all knowing or, or, or is everywhere? Uh, I think that one's everywhere. <laughs> omnipotent, I think means I'm everywhere. Versus uh, omnipresent. Omniscient. Uh, oh gosh. Oh man. There's three versions. Like a Omni. SAT. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna listen to this. I hope that that I work with someone who ends up listening to this, and they're like, "Wow, uh, he did a great <laughs> job on that podcast." <laughs> yeah. We, we we thought we thought we we're getting one thing. I didn't know his vocabulary of words that start with Omni. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of words, that's a good segue. <laughs> What is one like product or tech word or phrase, you know, business lingo thing that you wish you never had to hear again? Um, uh, <laughs> you know, it has something, probably something to do with like, uh, can I get an estimate on that? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> or like, can we do it faster? When will uh, it be done? Yeah. When will it be done? Those types of things. I know I'll hear it again. Um, but, you know, it can be a little bit, uh, uh, nails on the chalkboard sometimes, uh, yeah. depending on when you're being asked it. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. Like, but I, I try to ask in probably other masked ways where it's like, you know, what if we did this thing or what if we did that thing? How does it affect uh, yeah. that? I think maybe some of the, the bluntness of like just wanting an estimate, uh, is, right. is sometimes a little, uh, because when you, when you realize how preposterous that question actually is, like, yeah. Oftentimes you get asked that when like the scope of what you're trying to accomplish right. is still something... completely undefined. And you're like, I yeah. don't know how long it'll take to build. I don't even know what we're talking about. Right. Frank. Like, yeah, I yeah. can give you something, but it's going to be wrong by some yeah. order of magnitude. Yeah. Uh, so I've like, become you know, a lot more comfortable with that for what it's worth over the years of just being like, yes, here's, here's a date or a number. And like, right with a very flimsy level of commitment to that but as long as everyone knows it's it's a flimsy commitment like yeah like i've worked in places where like when they ask it they mean it yeah They're like you know you better be right about this because we're pl- making plans around it yeah and i'm like uh like we shouldn't like we're gonna be wrong <laughs> yeah like please don't please don't plan no matter the rest how of much everything. time and effort we put into estimating we yeah. will still be wrong so just yeah know so that. let's just let's just get if it's something we definitely feel conviction around doing let's just start doing it yeah like let's just know let's know at least it's going to take a year versus a month like like right. on that scale but like don't ask me for the drop dead date today like yeah. we haven't even started yeah um i'll ask this in a general way uh about kind of like over the course of your career, how often would you say that you would actually talk to customers or users in your role in product? Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, uh, on the order of monthly. Um, I wish it was more often. You were always but, good about uh, this, I thought. You, I think yeah. you pushed us as an organization to be more diligent about having these conversations. 
yeah it was like it came in spurts um a lot of the time where like you know i had i had a question i was like let me go talk to folks i i really wanted to set up more of a continuous process where like you know i had people to talk to on a weekly yeah, basis it's hard it's um, a lot of work it's, it's yeah oh yeah it's it's a lot of work um you know between co- like finding the people you want to talk to you know what do you want to talk to them about consistently documenting synthesizing like you know there's a reason that you have ux researchers uh right. you know do do that work so it's easier to like do like a campaign and be like here's like the one thing i'm gonna go learn about at a given time and bunch it up all together um but you can surprise you can do a lot of them um in in good succession i feel like i did like 30 within like a quarter or something at mm-hmm. one point appropriated yeah. um you know it's just it's about really focusing on it so yeah i i think in an ideal state it'd be like one to two times a week i'd say that'd be like yeah. super super healthy like you're in touch with your customers you have a good pulse on it um uh but i think like if i were to average it out like you know i probably probably once a month if you had to like spread it out yeah um what is a book or person who has been uh that's been most influential in your career yeah i think the yeah i was i was looking to see if i have marty's book around i think it's in the ottoman over there we reference marty on a a first name basis (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i wrote i've I've seen him in enough videos i've read his newsletter i can call him marty i've emailed him like yeah i was gonna say didn't you like reach out to him with a question at one point i did yeah i don't remember the question is anymore but he writes you back like yeah this this just proves the point we're making earlier just yeah like there was there was a there was a guy um i don't remember his name i know his newsletter is abc um oh yeah fred wilson yeah, Fred Wilson. I emailed he 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 wrote about like a Kickstarter campaign once, and I emailed him about the headphones. He was saying we should like totally get on Kickstarter, and he wrote me back. I was like, yeah, yeah. People, people people who do. write stuff like to write you back. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm gonna say so Marty Marty Kagan. It's Kagan. Marty right? Kagan. Yeah, yeah. Marty Kagan. The inspired. 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 And what was the um, second one? Empowered. Uh, empowered. And then I think he also co-wrote the most recent one. Um. I don't remember what it's called anymore, but it's also like a one one word impactful word um, type of thing. Uh, uh, but yeah, I would say that one was really impactful because that really opened up my eyes to you know what product could be, what are some different ways to think about product, and it's in a nice like it's in one one book. Yeah, it's very readable. Yeah, very readable. Very. What's also interesting is like when you read a book like that. Um, like I read it at my first job, and I was like, I don't get it. And then, yeah. like, and like in like the middle of that job, and then you read it again. It was either at the end of my time there or at the beginning of Angie's list. And I'm like, okay, like this clicks in a different way now. Um, so I'd say there's some power to revisiting some of these concepts and these books at different stages in your career and being like, oh, I know this pretty well, but I forgot about that thing. Or that's a really mm-hmm. like he has great ways. I've referenced a few times um, how to know that people are like invested in your product or idea, and he has some great tips about like. You know, if people are willing to give time, if people are willing to give money, if they're willing to give, like, use their social clout, you know, to reference it, like, those are all, like, good signs. What are those indicators? People people will, like, what people are actually invested in what you're building. And so it's, like, those are great things to, like, you know, go reference again in a book (laughs) and, like, reinforce as learning. Yeah. Love that. Love Marty. All right. Last question for you. So you you are on this career path in product, but... 
uh, when you were a kid, what was your dream job? What did you think you would be doing? Uh, gosh, there's so many things I thought I'd be doing that. Like I've, <laughs> I've done so many different things in my life at this point. Like, uh, but uh, in terms of my career, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I ever like had like, a. Uh, I, the only one I distinctly remember, uh, probably because I was told I wouldn't be good at it. Um, <laughs> cause it gave you this nice little chip on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like, you know, leading. So like, you know, as, as a kid, so not a teenager when I was like, okay, I'm going to go be an engineer. Um, as a kid, um, at some point I wanted to be a rabbi. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I yes. I believe I've told, I've told this before <laughs> yeah. I procreated. Uh, and, uh, the rabbi at the, at the synagogue, uh, deterred me from it from some reason or another. Um, which every now and then you still hear about, uh, spoken in, in my household, yeah. uh, about, about like, oh, if that rabbi hadn't, yeah. <laughs> hadn't said that to you, maybe you'd be a rabbi. If you, like knowing what you know about yourself now. <laughs> Do you think you would be a, a good rabbi? Um, I think I'd be a decent rabbi. Uh, I have no I don't idea know. what makes a good rabbi. But... <laughs> right. Like, uh, I think that, well, knowing my know myself about now, um, you know, my, my, my uh, religiosity uh, really isn't there. Um, sure, that is probably a pretty core that's tenet. That's probably a pretty core <laughs> tenet of it. But I feel like the the interpersonal relationship angle of being... Yeah, um a rabbi that. like that's that's where like i think uh i might succeed i'm sure yeah. there's some some stuff i could do on the margins to uh to to you know know how to talk to people better or or listen in better ways there's a good book on that um we read it there was a book club at angie's list what was the name of the book i'm gonna remember it at some point um it has to do with like listening to both sides of the story. It's probably mm. also on a bookshelf we'll somewhere. Show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll put in the show notes. Brian remembered <laughs> the book that he read once that he vaguely <laughs> alluded to at the end of the podcast. About uh, talking to people. <laughs> about talking to people. Uh, but it's it's a it's a great book. You just you I just learn about like, like listening to, to both sides. An alternate universe <laughs> where you had become a rabbi and then made your pivot into product and then like oh, wow. created some sort of software for rabbis. <laughs> I'm sure they can use it. I don't, I don't it, know what that software would do, but honestly, uh, software for rabbis, uh, would either be, uh, th I think they know enough about like the, the, um, like the Torah and everything. So they probably don't need that, but they might need like a CRM for mm -hmm. like managing, you know, relationships with different folks in their communities. Yeah. Um, because like, you, you do with a lot of personality. GPT. George, mm -hmm. yeah, just like <laughs> just generate generate something for me to say about this passage there while I'm conducting um, services. That would be a good one. Um, but Pitch I feel that like that's your just, uh, your favorite rabbi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone, anyone use that idea? I'm not going to pursue yep, you're it. You're welcome. <laughs> feel free to make software for rabbis. Incredible. Um, well, this has been so fun. It has been of course, yeah. uh, a pleasure talking to you as always and mm -hmm. uh, recounting this story with you. And I hope that other people find it remotely as entertaining as I do uh, and learn something from it and, and find some, some good insights here. So yeah. thank you again. Appreciate you coming on the show and, and giving us your time. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me back up. Always like same thing. Love chatting with you today. Hope people find this. Um, 
you know, while you're driving or working out or whatever <laughs> you might be doing while you listen to us, um, you know, let us know what you thought. Calling all startup technologists. Have you ever dreamed of hosting your own podcast, but don't know where to start? Well, here's your chance to shine. We're thrilled to introduce Beyond the Program, our exclusive mini-series, and we want you to be a part of it. As tech leaders and mentors, you'll get the exclusive opportunity to become a guest host right here on the Pair Program podcast. Share your expertise, insights, and stories with our audience of startup-focused technologists. Excited? We knew you would be. To be considered, head over to myhatchpad.com backslash contribute, fill out a brief form, and submit it our way. Let's co-create something amazing together. Don't miss this chance to elevate your voice and expand your personal brand. Visit myhatchpad.com backslash contribute.